Good afternoon. Welcome to Tom's World Language Cafe, coming to you live from Fishers, Indiana. It is Wednesday, April the 24th, 2019, and we uh, w- welcome all the listeners on our podcast with iTunes and invite you to subscribe to our program. Uh, that's easy to do. You go to the podcast at iTunes, Tom's World Language Cafe, and you can subscribe and automatically receive each broadcast, and you'll get it in your email, the link uh, to the broadcast. I uh, hope everyone's having a great week. Um, it's a beautiful day here in Fishers, Indiana today. Uh, the weather has been a little cool, but the sun's been out a little bit this afternoon. And uh, would like to um, uh, introduce our guest uh, here in a, in a few minutes, a few seconds, I mean. And uh, one of the things I would like to tell you about is our guest, uh, Israel Herrera, comes to us from Colombia the great country of Colombia. And uh, Israel is one of the great Spanish teachers in the United States, uh, just an awesome teacher. He teaches at Indiana University, and he's very well known around the campus and all around the state of Indiana in the world language field because he also is the president of the Indiana Foreign Language Teachers Association, uh, which is quite a responsibility. And we're so excited to have a college uh, uh, professor uh, to have that p- position to help out and be a leader in the Indiana Foreign Language Teachers Association. Um, and we all, I also will tell you that uh, uh, I think a year ago that uh, Israel was named the AATSP uh, National Spanish Professor Teacher of the Year at the college level. So we're very, very happy that Israel is taking the time to be on our show today. Israel, how are you? Hey Tom, how are you? How's it going? This is a great honor to be in your show and happy to share with you um, anything that you you want to to know. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's an honor for us to have you on the show. Um, One of the things, um, uh, if you could tell the, the listeners a little bit about where you were born at, and a little bit about the town where you were, the city where you were born in Colombia, and uh, maybe when you when you came to the United States, etc. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I was born in the fifth uh, city. It's a medium-sized city in Colombia. It is called Bucaramanga. It's a long name. It's kind of uh, similar. Uh, to Barranquilla, where Shakira was born. Uh, so Bucaramanga is a, a medium-sized city, and I was born there, but uh, I, I lived in different Colombian cities because of my, uh, my family. My dad was uh, with the Colombian army and uh, he was transferred from one city to the other city so family uh, went with him obviously to the place where he was uh, placed but then uh, when he retired I uh, we got back to Bucaramanga where I finished uh, my uh, high school and also my uh, college and I um, study uh, languages 
And then I knew about the possibility uh, to come to the state with the full ride, and I applied. I received the scholarship, and uh, I was uh, placed in a, in a college in South Dakota, and I was there, and the journey started in, in South Dakota and all around the, the Midwest. Before that, I was in the States visiting family just for summer or for, for Christmas. But my mm, long term was when I started with the Fulbright. And, and I remember the city. It was a small city in South Dakota that is called Brookings, South Dakota. I had a, a, like a confusion or a, a, a funny situation when I was... Um, reserving the tickets that year because uh, at the beginning the the agent the person in the in the in the this company for for international flights she thought that it was in New York uh, Brooklyn and I had to clarify that it was in a different state and it was a different city so when you came to the U.S., um, how was your English? Was your English, had, had you become fluent in English by the time you got here? Yeah, I would say that I learned uh, day after day. Uh, I um, studied in a high school where uh, English was uh, like required, wasn't totally a bilingual high school, but they, uh, we had uh, English classes, English courses, and then uh, during my my college, uh, English was one of the languages that I that was a uh, was required for the for for graduation. For, so, for for the listeners, um, uh, we're going to talk a little bit here in Espanol just for a short time because we have people. Uh, English uh, listeners and French and German, whatever. So we got to be careful that but most people are obviously English speakers, a lot of them that listen, but it just isn't for Spanish speakers, so we can't do the whole thing in Espanol. But I, we'll talk a little bit in Espanol. You can hear how beautiful uh, Israel Spanish is from Colombia, which is one of the great places to, to study Spanish as well because of the beautiful Spanish. Uh, Israel, no, no, puede decir algo de, de tu familia? Bien, eh, mi familia, mis padres, eh, ahora están en Bucaramanga, están en Colombia. Eh, mi papá, como mencioné, retirado del ejército. Y ahora están simplemente eh, viajando, están con eh, otros miembros de la familia, con... Eh, hermanas y con una sobrina y les, les gusta más estar allí que de pronto la idea de venir a vivir a los Estados Unidos por el clima, por los cambios de temperatura y eh, cinco hermanos, yo soy el hermano menor de la familia y creo que este, fui el primero eh, que vine aquí a los a los Estados Unidos eh, ahora si 
los puede poner todo al inglés. <laughs> Muy bien, para los oyentes, pero para eh, los listeners en in French, German, whatever language that, that you teach in, in, uh, or Spanish as well, that obviously uh, you can hear how beautiful uh, Israel's Spanish was there. It was just magnificent. Um, probably that's about as clear Spanish as you will hear in your entire life. Uh, just beautiful. So Israel, thank you very much for that. Now, back to your family. So you have how many brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have, um, uh, we have five. five. I have... Um, Three sisters, one sibling. One sibling is living in in um, in uh, California, mm -hmm. and uh, my sisters they are living in different cities in Colombia. And my parents they live in in Bucaramanga, the place that I mentioned, and they are retired, so they are just traveling around Colombia. Mm -hmm. And I just suggested or proposed a few years ago to to come to the States and and, and, and live but they prefer uh, they prefer Colombia because of the the weather the temperature the the they we don't have you know the, the four seasons so they prefer sunny days and they don't like for example the snow every day so Yes, <laughs> with re good reason too. That that's, yeah. makes sense. Now, what about your family here in Bloomington? Um, um, tell us a little bit about your family here. Yeah, so here um, I uh, live with my my wife and, and my two uh, daughters. Uh, one, the little one, is in a dual language immersion program. She um, she speaks. Both English and Spanish. Now, how she's old learning. is she? She's six years old. Okay. She's in, in a kindergarten. Okay. And um, my a older daughter, it's uh, she works at the hospital. She also speaks both English and Spanish. Mm -hmm. and, and we live, yeah, in a, in in Bloomington. Central, Central Indiana. Is your wife from the United States? No, it, she's also from Colombia. Okay. She's from a city uh, uh, that is... Which city? Cali. Oh, Cali, okay. Yeah, it's famous uh, yes. for salsa music. So if you go to Cuba, you might have heard that Cuba, yes. also Cali, they are yeah. known. Uh, famous for, for the salsa, salsa music, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, Colombia is such a beautiful country, you know. It's just a very pretty, beautiful, beautiful place. Um, and for the listeners, quickly, I, I had spent some time studying in Colombia years ago and, and was fortunate enough to go back seven years ago and visit and see some of the family that I lived with prior to that. And uh, just a beautiful country and great people, just lovely. Um, what about... Um, uh, your teaching load now. You teach at the Indiana University, and how long have you been at IU? Okay, yeah, I I teach uh, three courses. Um, it can be different from semester to semester. Conversation, um, composition, language, uh, cinema. So uh, mm -hmm. 
each semester is, is different. I have a quick question for you because I heard through the grapevine, <laughs> you know what that means, you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Here's the, I heard it through the grapevine that you really love teaching the films class, is that true? That's totally true, yeah, so normally... Uh, and I, I also heard that you love just films in general, right? That's true, that's true, and, and, and actually, uh, when I present uh, in different conferences, uh, uh, my, I would say, main topic or regular topic, it's about uh, teaching um, Latin American uh, teaching Spanish with Latin American on Spanish films. Uh -huh. So now, could you mm, tell the of, Here's a question for you. Could you tell the listeners the top top three filmmakers in Latin America right now? I, I guess I would say the directors, maybe the top three directors, maybe the top three films right now that of of all time in Latin Latin America. And then maybe tell us the three films right now that are the really good films to see. Yeah, uh, I would mention one, uh, and it depends on, on, you know, like the, the generation, because um, each country has, you know, like the, the golden golden uh, period. But um, right now, uh, I would like to highlight the Colombian uh, filmmaker uh, Ciro Guerra. He, um, uh, you might remember like two, three years ago, the Colombian film El Abrazo de la Serpiente mm -hmm. was selected in the uh, top five uh, films for, mm -hmm. the, for the Oscars. And um, he made a wonderful, beautiful, uh, touching, touching film. So... That's one of my. Now, what my was that? Ab what was that about? It's about uh, two uh, explorers, a European explorer and an American explorer. And they went to Colombia to look for um, a famous plant, and, and they were uh, in contact with indigenous um, uh, groups, and they. Uh, they hear about the different stories, about the different uh, benefits that the uh, the plan could uh, bring to the person who uh, who take it. So um, yes. there was, but it was called El Abrazo de la Serpiente, right? Yeah, correcto. So the the hug of the serpent. So the. How did the serpent come into the thing? I think uh, I think in English it was the embrace of the serpent. Okay. But I would say uh, the serpent it's more related to the to the to the Amazon to the river with all the um, you know like the mm -hmm. shapes. Yes. The the river has mm -hmm. and and if you see the river from from top. Uh -huh. You can see that it's like a like a long like a long, serpent. Yeah, serpent. Yeah, yeah. And and I would say the the embrace or yeah the hug would be because the two explorers went to Colombia and they were under this um, kind of uh, 
eh, a spell uh -huh. okay. eh, given by the the, the indigenous eh, population and and actually the contact with the jungle the contact with the the, the not just with people but also with nature so yeah, it, that, that, mixes yeah. you know the the, the I, the changes they yeah. suffer or they had when they were in contact with um, with different people yeah. they they knew. I, I yeah, I recall when I was in uh, in Colombia and I spent quite a bit of time in southern Colombia and I was in the in the jungle area quite a bit, you know, and and it was beautiful. It was just magnificent. Nice, know, beautiful nice. place. Uh, and, the Amazon uh, and. and The, the the that region with Peru and Brazil. Yes. The Leticia, it's it's uh, the Colombian side. Yes. It's a place that I recommend to visit. It's a beautiful place. It's uh, something that you won't regret. Yes. So it's something that you have We're to. Saying. Yes, absolutely. On the list. Uh -huh. Yes. Um, so back to the teaching. So uh, you teach at IU, and is is your wife a teacher? No, she with the baby now. She takes care of the the okay, baby because which is a lot. Yes, it's a lot, and and she's in different uh -huh. uh, activities. Uh, she uh -huh. plays the piano, the piano, no, the violin. Uh -huh. uh, she's in ballet. She's um, wow tennis. So <laughs> um, it's in a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of yeah. So she's more um, yeah. dedicated to the. Beautiful. Yes. Now, so tell me what your favorite thing is about Bloomington. In, you know, I studied there, as did my son and my daughter-in-law. And uh, what's your favorite thing in Bloomington that you like the most about Bloomington? Because it's just such a great city, you know, and it's a neat place. What What's your favorite thing to do I in can, Bloomington? I can say that I would say that the campus is something to to uh, to you know, see like, it to see it right it. be there yes. yes because when I go from one class to the other class I even even I have taught for more than 15 years here I am always amazed and, and, and impressed with the you know like the the nature the trees the squirrels the the yeah. animals That you can see the river, this the well, it's, it's a, like a stream, a small river yes. that we have here, and the architecture is magnificent. Yeah, so um, it, that's all for the campus, and and the city, the, the city offers cultural events. We have a large Latino Hispanic community here. And we have different events where we can uh, enjoy a, a events where Latin American artists, Spanish artists, Portuguese, Brazilian uh, people come here. Yes. So it's, 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 it's a very cultural. It's, a, yeah, it's, a, it's like a melting pot, isn't it? That's true. Yeah, that, it's yeah, a total that's, melting that's pot. Yeah. Perfect thing. And, and one of the things about that you mentioned that, that People, and, and for the listeners who've never been on the campus at Indiana University, it's one of the most beautiful campuses in the world, probably, for a college or university. Yeah. And, and, and as um, uh, Israel said so beautifully, the nature, the impact of nature and the beautiful trees and 
years ago, when when I studied at IU, those trees weren't as big, but now they're just magnificent. And they're just like bosques, right? The woods everywhere. You know, everywhere you look, these beautiful bosques. And and it's just a lovely, lovely place. And um, uh, if you've never been there, uh, you should put it on your bucket list to visit Bloomington and the University of Indiana. It's one of the most beautiful campuses in the world. So it's worth visiting. Um, Now, back to uh, the world language situation. What do you think the state of world language study is today? Uh, let's talk about first, let's talk about the tough situations ahead or whatever. Uh, and I'm sure you probably read this, and uh, I don't know when it was, maybe three months ago, four months ago, the Modern uh, Language uh, Association put out a study that they had done where liberal arts colleges were being forced to close some of them. Um, and and are not, not closed, but drop their language programs. And uh, because of uh, funding and this lack of money, et cetera. Is that a problem, you think, around the country? This, this idea of, of the, the smaller schools maybe not having funding to have their language programs and then the money goes somewhere else and um, the importance of the uh, studying of world language needs to perhaps be emphasized more in our culture. Yeah, I think that uh, it starts from uh, the federal government when they announce or they say that they don't want to um, provide more money for um, programs related to to languages or to arts. So that's that's uh, something that it's uh, very instrumental in the in the language situation because if the schools, the public schools, don't have the money, they just uh, see which uh, programs uh, don't offer a benefit uh, based on the the standards or based on the on the um, qualifications for for funding with the the exams the the school or the students so take right so. Would you say that uh, Spanish, for example, is probably gets more traction as far as being popular? Spanish is, is more popular because of uh, the the Latino population in the United States. But do we should we also emphasize more and perhaps French study study of German, Italian, especially Portuguese, which we sometimes in the U.S. don't do a very good job of uh, in um, in the Arabic languages and uh, all those things, do we need to be putting more emphasis on all languages too? What do you think? Yeah, no, I think that uh, uh, even even the uh, commonly commonly less taught languages, I think that they all are, are very important. Uh, not just the Spanish because it's the uh, second most spoken language in the states, but any any language because a language brings a different culture, a different uh, flavor. So I think it's uh, the 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 importance of uh, learning a language is not just the language itself that you can speak that language, but all the the culture, the 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 world that this brings to to that person, a change in personality, 
uh, a change in ideas and knowing that there is something new for 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 that uh, country where the language is, is is spoken. So that that is something that should be uh, taken into account when when having the, the decision of uh, closing the language programs because uh, it's part of the uh, well-rounded education that a student needs to, to have for a, for a global citizen. So it's not just teaching numbers, not just uh, teaching science. I value, I recognize, and I, and, and I see the importance of the, the STEM programs and, and, and other courses, but it, the, the, the language uh, learning shouldn't be seen as something like um, we won't need it because that won't give us grades for uh, accessing more funding. So I think that some schools, they just think about the, the, the exams, they think about the, the in Indiana, the I learned, the I step, the, 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 the exams the, the students take when they are in the mm-hmm in the senior year. So there should be a change in the importance of language. There should be a change of the importance of being a global citizen, the importance of uh, speaking several languages, not just one language. Can, and uh, there is not one language more important than the other language. Can you tell the audience of the program that you were instrumental in, in starting about the, the global citizen or the global I can't quite remember the exact thing. For, for yes. multilingual, the syllabi yes. yes. but in, yes. in Indiana, exactly. it changed its name. And it was something that, uh, yeah, we um, started with a, a great colleague, uh, Pam Gemmer, in 2014. And that was an, 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 an initiative that we introduced in the... Uh, Indiana General Assembly, and now it's a it's a law, and the students can receive the certificate, and also the dual language immersion program uh, funding for many 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 elementary schools here in, in in our state. Yeah, that was wonderful. That was a great piece of work uh, that you guys did, and uh, uh, we certainly want to remember Pam Gimmer, who uh, actually has been a guest on the show, and she. Um, uh, passed away unexpectedly uh, about a year ago, and uh, not quite a year ago, I think. And uh, we certainly want to remember her and her work that she did with this with this uh, project, along with you as well, right? So, yeah. Uh, one of the um, things I was going to ask you about is technology, and you know, there's a lot of people that really love technology. There's other people that. Uh, halfway put up with technology and then there's some people that just don't like to use it at all right so you probably are it's just three stage use of technology right a little bit, a, a little bit and uh, the ones in the middle quite a bit maybe and then a lot for the top people of technology what is going to be the role down the down the if we think of the role of uh, technology in the future in the foreign language classroom What's it going to be like? Are we going to end up just being taught by computers someday? Uh, that's something that I don't expect, that I don't want. But I think that technology can be incorporated in the in the teaching. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a tool that we shouldn't uh, like discard. 
but it's something that we can we can incorporate when you teach. Uh, you can um, uh, have wonderful classes, uh, reading classes. Uh, you have beautiful uh, websites or or, or uh, tools or devices where you can practice your um, pronunciation, where you can um, travel around Latin America or go visit places in Spain or any in any other Spanish-speaking country which, or any language. Which makes it a great asset, right, to, to share all the culture via the websites and uh, all that wonderful things that you can do. Um, what what part of a five-day teaching week, let's say, for high school teachers, how much technology do you think they should use in a five-day period? Well, it depends on what they are teaching and, and mm-hmm. how they... I, I would say it, it, it depends on, on, on the on the topic and, and the, the goal for, for that session. But I think it's, uh, if it's uh, incorporated in a way that helps the students to learn, to, um, to improve, to advance the language, it could be every day or it could be you know, in one or two sessions uh, per week. Maybe. The thing that uh, I don't agree, for example, with uh, let's learn a language just being in, in front of the screen and not having the human touch, not having you know, yes. like the, the, the interaction with uh, classmates or the interaction with the teacher, the guidance or yes. the instructions. Excellent. So yes. I am not... Uh, against about incorporating technology, but my disagreement would be technology being the the the, the teacher. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and as you said, it may, maybe as an enhancement, right, to the yeah. to the live teaching that goes on, the human interaction, that it, it becomes an enhancement to what we do, right, and not not the only thing to do, and. Uh, and I think as we we've talked about this before. I think just probably just in chatting, but I think that um, most of the teachers probably do just exactly what you said. You know that it's kind of a, a supplemental enhancement thing, but they still do the you know the human interaction a lot. You know, group practice for speaking and listening and writing and reading and you know all kinds of uh, configurations of the classroom you know, the, 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 the methodology to, um, to make it really interesting for the kids. Um, um, what about um, the, the young teachers starting out? What would you say about the, the young kids starting out today? Uh, what would you recommend that they do to, to improve their abilities in Spanish? One of, one of my pet peeves is I would like to see the uh, school districts uh, help fund some summer study every summer, maybe fund some m- money to give some money for teachers in the language departments to uh, travel and improve their Spanish, right, and, and their knowledge of culture 
And uh, if they wanted to go every five years and visit a different country, it would be so nice that that would happen. But it hasn't happened yet. And um, it's a shame, you know, that, that the teachers uh, really work hard all year. And it would be such a nice thing if the district could say, we're going to fund one teacher in our department to go study in, in Germany or Spain or wherever, right? Uh, yeah, that's that's true. And, that's, uh, that's something. Yeah, that's something that the students should experience. Uh, you know, like being in contact with the culture, uh, immersion, uh-huh. uh, like you know, like being there and, and knowing right. that the things the student uh, reads on a book it's uh, it's it's real but they can face it uh, live. They can be there, they can right. eat, they can they yes. can dance, they can visit, they can, is, uh, you know, like, yes. enjoy. So, so it's different from being in a place where you uh, can do many things and just um, being or reading yes. uh, the, the information on a book about the country or about the, the place. Um, so for the young teachers today, what else, like, what about their teaching methods? What should they do there? I think that the uh, proficiency uh, should be the main goal, uh, providing the, uh, a lot of uh, input uh, for students in their classes. It's not just a rigid class, it's not just a, I don't know if that's the word in English, but a square class where it's just doing every day the same thing. So today we're going to conjugate this verb, tomorrow we're going to conjugate this verb, Mm -hmm. and just um, learning by heart the endings, but not paying attention to the communication, yeah. Uh, how they should react in a situation and and providing them the tools to express ideas, the, the opportunity to uh, say a meaningful uh, yes. a meaningful thing mm-hmm. in the language. Yes, that in, the, in the target yes, language. That's awesome. Yeah, um, the uh, comprehensible input is the big uh, word at the moment and. Uh, I was thinking back into the 1990s, mid-1990s, and 1993-94-95, and up until maybe 2000, uh, there was a big movement of of comprehensible input, and uh, uh, and we, everybody, you know, well, we've had these ideas about what it is, but I recall in those days it was keeping using the target language in the classroom 90% of the time, minimum, yeah. right? And yes. Which is the same thing today. It's funny how things go in a cycle and they come back. But uh, so today we again are saying, hey, it's important that we have the classroom be 90% in Spanish or French, German, whatever, and that we uh, really make a concerted effort to do that. And... Uh, um, is that kind of your feeling that what goes on at IU is, is pretty much comprehensible input in the situations? Well, we, we don't have just like one 
way, like saying like the whole mm -hmm. department or, or, or language program. Mm -hmm. uh, it depends on the on the teacher. Mm -hmm. There are some uh, high schools where comprehensible input is the is the method for all teachers or all courses. It's right. uh, uh, incorporated in the curriculum. So um, it it depends in general of uh, the program for for each uh, institution, high school or college. But I think that it's uh, something that is. Um, uh, important, yeah, it, it's uh, useful, it's... Uh... It, it, it is, but I think you've hit on a really good point, and that is that uh, at IU, for example, uh, I'm assuming that each professor brings his own methodology or whatever, and and uh, in, the, in the same thing happens in a lot of high schools still today. There, there are, there's comprehensible input, but in some places there's a little bit of everything, right? And that came from a, that pragmatic uh, methodology idea that was really popular at the high school over the last probably 10 or 15 years where people taught, you know, their teaching style was what they did. And it, you, they, we didn't impose anything on the teachers, you know, to say you have to do this. You know, it was pretty much freewheeling. You know, as long as they were trying to use the target language in class, everybody seemed uh, fairly content with that. Uh, so, but I like your idea, you know, again, and I think you could say the same thing about the high school level as well, that, that what you said about, you know, the teachers can do their own things. And, and I think that's really important in, in methodology and teaching. Would you agree? I, I would, I, you know, that the teacher has a, their freedom to, to be able to teach in in the way where they're effective, right? And uh, yeah. and everybody's yeah. different. Every teacher really is different. That's where we have sometimes. I think there's trouble when we get into the sometimes in the second high school level. We get into these little spurts. You know, years go by, and we say, "Oh, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this," and then we end up, you know, doing it for two or three years, four years, and then we're we're off again, and everybody's doing pretty much what they like to do and what they're good at which also has its, obviously, huge benefits too, right? For teacher creativity and, and all kinds, of, as you said, variety, you know, where there's a yeah. variety of methodologies and everybody doesn't do the same thing, which really is a, is a strong point to make. I think what you said about IU, which I, I always remember that too, it was a great variety of teaching and people did their different things and their methods and, uh, and things, which is a good thing to remember. Um, now, um, so um, back to the um, um, what you do, because I haven't said anything to the listeners about your summer job, which is quite a job. Uh, can you tell the, the listeners what you do in the summer? Well, yeah, I take um, high school students to uh, Leon, Spain. This is through the IU Honors Program from uh, the uh, Office of uh, Overseas Studies here at IU. And it's a seven-week uh, seven program where students, high school students, they speak in Spanish, they live with host families, uh, and they take classes, uh, and they have different excursions to different places around the 
de eh, comunidad. En, en most of these students, they have the expectation of uh, eh, keeping Spanish as, as, as a plan for the, for the college. So they might eh, major or minor in, in Spanish, or they might also um, eh, be Spanish teachers. So it's a, it's a beautiful program. They are uh, they are not allowed to speak in English, and um, they just they committed to to the language during the 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 length of the program. So yeah, it's a wonderful program. The the, the IU Honors Program for high school students, and uh, uh, I always tell the people in other states that they should really get in contact with the IU Honors Program uh, for high school uh, language uh, students and, and teachers because it, it does um, offer some great, great benefits to high school students at the, at the end of their junior year, right? It's, they have to be uh, going to their senior year, right? Junior, junior or senior, or sometimes, sometimes sophomore, if they have yeah. taken Spanish yeah. in elementary or, or middle school. Middle school. Yeah, because that's a, it's a great program, and especially in other states, uh, they could certainly give it a try because the, the, the program in Indiana has been successful. How many years has it run now? It's a long time, right? Yeah, I think more than 50 years. Yeah, I would say yeah, maybe 55 or maybe more now, you know. Yeah. It's, um, um, it's been a while, you know, how long it's run. Yeah, for sure. Um, so um, anyway, back to uh, the uh, president, your president of IFLTA. What's on, on the agenda for that? A lot of things happening, right? Yeah, so we have... Uh, new uh, events we are working with the indiana education with the uh, pd regarding the new world language standards uh, with uh, world language issues in the state regarding programs uh, in high schools where the teacher is retiring and it's looking for a way to replace because if the teacher retires, it seems that the school doesn't worry about hiring someone else, someone new. And we're trying to work with the districts and the school members, board members, uh, to uh, start a hiring, a new hiring, because uh, we shouldn't close a language program just because the teacher is retired. So no, many, no. many things going on. Yes. Now, and then the next uh, Saturday, week from Saturday, is the spring meeting, right, of IFLTA? Yes. Uh, two Saturdays, May 4th, at Zionsville Community High School, we are having like, a one-day professional development day uh, in honor, uh, uh, honoring Pam, Pam Gemmer. So I have... Um, uh, organized, I've, I have created this um, event in order to provide uh, teachers more PD uh, and, and having the opportunity to, to meet new, new language teachers. Okay. Um, the uh, other thing that I, I mentioned too, 
Uh, that was quite an honor. When did you, you got the AATSP College uh, Professor of the Year Award. When was that, a year ago? Yeah, that was in summer 2018 well, in Salamanca. Congratulations. Was yes, that was wonderful. That was just beautiful that you got that. And it was so well-deserved, you know, but you, you done, have done so many things to help everybody. Uh, beautiful. Um, so were you surprised when you got that? Yeah, I, I was surprised because it's a it's a national recognition, and, and uh, I was uh, let's see, I was contacted by the 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 director, executive director, and I was nominated. And just they say that the 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 group selected me uh, and that was a surprise because I imagine you know, and I think that uh, more teachers, Spanish teachers in other states, they have been doing great things, uh, more things that I that I do and, and it was quite a quite a surprise and it was an honor but I was I was surprised. Yeah, well that you certainly deserved it. Now, which teacher inspired you the most when you studied throughout your life? Who's been the top teacher that has inspired you the most? A teacher, I think that reading uh, Dr. Krashen's books, uh, uh -huh. because I, right now, for example, that's that's a, a, a evidence that I... I don't have just one person. I think that uh, uh, it was uh, a combination of being with different teachers uh -huh. who taught me in Colombia, uh -huh. but uh, I was uh, inspired by someone that I, I didn't receive uh, instruction, uh -huh. uh, like Dr. Krashen, but I was inspired because of the, the way he thinks about a language, about learning a language, right, about right. A, a learning the language since a very early stage in life. Yes. Many, many things that um, he mentioned, for example, last November, yes. were things that I, that I remember when I was a, a college student. So uh -huh. yes. I think he was one, one, uh, one reference uh -huh. that I had. Now, what is what is creativity for you? What do you think that means, and and how can somebody be a really creative teacher? Yeah, it's it's just not one thing. I think that creativity can be many things. Uh, it's um, uh, offering, you know, like new ideas or or um, having the possibility to express. Uh, ideas through different uh, different ways can be a, you know like a painting could could be a, through a song could be through a poem so uh, I think the, uh, any message that is created uh, and understood by someone else in a in a different way with different materials with different uh, sources, right. I think that's uh, something that uh, we should value, we should recognize, uh, something that challenge uh, the person, something that it's uh, a way to um, 
to provide opportunity to advance, uh, provide opportunity to uh, think, provide opportunity to uh, create a analytical, you know, a thinking or critical. Right. critical. Now, why do you think it's important for teachers to be active in their language organizations? They they need to be um, advocates for for the language they teach. They need to um, also think outside the box and um, maybe know that um, teaching languages uh, might be different from the way they learn the language. So it's now everything changes. So with technology now, with the social media, with the new generation. Uh, changes in society so students might learn different from the way that you learn something and you need to be open you need to be uh, uh, you need to know that uh, these are things that you need to face and that you need to uh, adapt to accept as well so it's uh, it's um, it's, it's very important to um, to take into account that when you teach a language, when you teach the new generation, when you when you want to encourage and motivate the students to keep learning the, the language, you can be uh, you can uh, join, for example, their their preferences, uh, yeah. you know, like the, the technology mm-hmm. uh, that we were talking about a few minutes ago. So incorporating uh, in the in the teaching things related to uh, Twitter or or you know like uh, uh, speaking about pictures on Instagram or funny things that they 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 saw on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's something they they are like engaged or hook mm-hmm. and that you can you can uh, exploit. Now, how many languages do you speak, Israel? Actually, no. Actually, now I would say just just two. I I I was uh, trying to learn more languages, but uh, since I didn't, I didn't practice every day. Uh, I think that they are dormant. For example, French. They uh, I use my French when I go to France or Belgium, uh, but I am not. A, I I would say a fluent speaker of French. I can. Or oh, I might understand, but I don't have the opportunity here um, to practice. Yeah, to practice. So I, since uh, I'm very involved with uh, the Spanish activities, my Spanish courses, and I speak Spanish in family, I would say that just uh, my native language and and, and English that's the the other way of. No. Yeah. Now, what about uh, language study today? What could be improved in the teaching side of it? How could we improve our language teaching? I think it's changing uh, administrators, counselors, advisors' uh, minds about the importance of languages. When they talk to uh, their students, that they can say, encourage them to uh, take a language in high school or, or, in, or in middle school yes. or, or motivating them to study a language in college 
but not maybe language is not important or relevant for your profession or for your uh, future. So don't take it. You won't be affected. Yes. So, and uh, if that, going back to what you said, though, I, I think you really made a big point here. One of them you talked about earlier, advocacy, right? Uh, that we have to be advocates always, yeah. right? With the administrators, we have to be advocates. We have to promo language with the uh -huh. administrators first, then we and the counselors, and then we have to uh, be um, uh, very proactive with our students, right? About why study world language, and uh, when that goes on, and I, I bet you would agree with this. If that goes on in a school, a lot then their enrollments are higher, right? And, yeah. And they're very great programs and that go on there, which, as you just said, it, it, we don't think about this maybe enough. It, this, this promotion of the, the study of world languages with, with the school administrators, with the parents, with the students, is a huge uh, chore. And it shouldn't be a chore. It should be, I guess, a huge uh, challenge. For, for the language teachers and uh, and something we don't think about perhaps enough we we, we maybe give too much in, in emphasis to the to our techniques of teaching maybe in the technology and things and sometimes maybe not enough to the the, the promotion of language right in, in in itself which is which is a challenge right um, yeah totally agree and uh, that that's a that's great, great point that you made um, Israel, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been an honor and pleasure to have you on the show. And um, um, we look forward to seeing you uh, again live somewhere. And I'm sure I'll see, meet up with you soon here or there someplace. <laughs> wherever, wherever the language thank people you. hang out thank and things. Thank you for inviting me and, well, to thank this you. Thank outstanding you. show. Well, and, thank, and yeah, we keep in touch. Yes. We and, see each other in different Yes. More language events and and, and yes, for sure. And it would it will be a pleasure to um, you know talk to you again. Uh, for the listeners, we have somebody coming up hopefully in the very near future, uh, maybe a, a guest on our show who is uh, an immigration lawyer and um, talk a little bit about immigration and the the problems in the United States, etc. And uh, again, how you can help uh, with language study. Uh, in, in some of the situations going on with that. So, uh, Israel, again, thank you so much. Have a great rest of the week and a great close to the semester, right? And, Perfect. Thank you, uh, Tom. Have a super thank you. Time. And, and, and I really appreciate this opportunity. Okay. And, and the same here to have you on the show. A great honor. And we'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. Okay. Que descanses. Que si tienes un momento para relajar un poco. So, if you get a chance to rest, okay? Perfecto. Perfecto. Ok, hombre, ok. Bye, thanks. Adiós.